Dotnet Rocks, episode 994, with guest Chris Hardy. Recorded Wednesday, June 4th, 2014. Thank you very much. It's Carl and Richard. We are at the Norwegian Developers Conference yet again. Mm-hmm. 2014. I love this show. We have so much fun here. And it's such a cool space. Of course, it has the greatest room of all time. Yeah. The that's ADD right. room. The ADD room. Yeah. And uh, we're in the fishbowl in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the, the, the hall here, the grand hall at the Oslo Spectrum. And if you've never been here, I know we've been talking about it, you know, at the beginning of the show for the last month. Right. Uh, if you've never been here, just go online and watch the videos because it's it's just so cool. You feel like you're at a rock show, and uh, truly rock stars here speaking. And they throw the most amazing attendee party. Yeah, I mean, they bring in some really big acts from around Norway and in the region, regional area. Mm. It's it's a lot of fun. We it always have a lot good of fun. Time. We have a great time here. Well, anyway, this is a sort of a lull in the action here, so you Perfect can hear report. you can hear sort of some mumblings going on outside but uh, we're not going to try to quiet it down hey we're at a conference and uh, chris hardy is here we'll be talking to him in just a minute but right now richard let's yes. roll that the funky music <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy what do you got well what i got more better than what you got what i got uh yeah this is good so uh, we're talking about xamarin we're talking about mobile devices i've actually been doing a bit of xamarin work as yeah You'll, we'll talk to Chris about that. But the one thing that you're, you know, you're, you're probably going to need some devices. I mean, you can get away with emulators for some things. Yes. But, but uh, eventually you're going to have to get some devices and try this stuff for real. To actually test your app on the hardware. Yeah. And I, I would say you can get away with iOS devices. Maybe Chris is nodding. And the iOS uh, emulator and the Windows Phone emulator, but the Android emulator... Oh, my, my. Right? He's shaking <laughs> yeah. his head and laughing. Yeah. That's you might, something. You might as well just go ahead and make yourself a sandwich and come back. <laughs> and it'll think about loading up. And uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. my, my. No. So, so if you have a lot of devices, you need uh, a good thing to power them with. Right. So I found the ultimate power honk in brick. Oh. So go to tinyurl.com slash powerhonker. Power honker. Power really? honker. This is the Anker second gen Astro Pro 2 20,000 milliamp. 20,000? <laughs> Four port aluminum portable external battery charger with 9 volt, 12 volt. That's multi- the battery of doom. That's what that is. <laughs> oh my God. You know, most power brakes are maybe 4,000. I know. This thing's insane. This thing will sterilize you if you put it in your lap. <laughs> Don't sit on it, kids. <laughs> Uh, four ports and um, 403 customer reviews in just about a, a four and a half star out of five average, 80 bucks. This thing is huge. So there you go. Yeah, you can, it's, a, it's over a pound. It's the size of a book. Yes. That yes, is, is a big toy. It's a big toy. So On the other I, hand, that's a big battery. It's a big battery. That's you know, awesome. That'll, that'll power your, your tablets and your, uh, your devices. on Your microwave oven. Your microwave oven. And it'll get so hot you can fry an egg. Nice. You know, have you been up all night coding and you're hungry? You get some butter and fry there an you egg. Go. You're good to go. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Giant I, wait, battery. I have, I have another thing. Oh, because, no. Uh, this is something that I actually use in Xamarin development. Okay. Um, we've talked about it before, but it really, really is helpful when you have a Mac 
yeah. know, that you have to use. You have to have a Mac to do iOS stuff. So That's right. And it's Synergy. And Synergy is a tool that uh, it's free. And, of course, they let's call it what it is. They beg for donations. Right. And they should have donations because it's a great tool. It's a tool that you install on the Mac and you install it on the PC and, and through a sockets connection. Uh, it extends your keyboard and mouse to whatever PCs that you want. And you right. can have a myriad of them all around you. Uh, it's at synergy-project.org, S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y-Project.org. Uh, again, it's free, but definitely give them some money. Uh, keep them in business because this is great stuff. Like I said, it, it's not the most, uh, what's the word I want, obvious thing to set up you know not the uh, yeah it takes some fussing to get it to work right yeah i sort of had to watch the video to figure it out like i couldn't really intuit that much but once you get it working it it is great uh another caveat that probably doesn't work too well in a hotel if you're going to connect to the hotel wi-fi chris is also nodding his head (laughs) because uh it has to answer the phone it has to be a host right and hotel wi-fi it's yeah, not a good thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been around for a long time. It's a good product. It is a it's good, good product. just to remind folks when you're going to work on multiple hardware, you don't have to have separate keyboard and mouse for everything. Right. And a lot of people also use VNC, you know, for the Mac because yeah. if you don't want a separate monitor. But if you're sitting and working at a desk, you know, it's nice just to move the mouse over to the right or to the left or up or whatever and grab and, uh, you know, start messing and with it. And more screens looks cool. More screens is good. All and right. look like a professional. Yeah. So there you go. Those are my two things for today. Nice one. Know them, learn them, love them. Richard, who's talking to us today? I uh, grabbed a comment off of show 985, and that's the one we did with Jonathan Peppers when we were talking about building the phone app, Draw a Stick Man, yes. and how he dealt with uh, China in a very creative way. That's right. You know, he only sold one copy in China, that's but it right. was very popular there, <laughs> and, and so eventually built a Chinese version that did extremely well. And this comment comes from Antao Almada, who says, Hi, thanks for one of the more great episodes. I especially liked when John talked about the way they handled piracy. Mm. Trying to understand market specifics is the right way to handle it. Don't forget that in many parts of the world, not just China, people don't usually have credit cards. When buying is just not possible, piracy is the only solution. I love that. Because, you know, being in Canada, mm. often you run into stuff that's just U.S.-centric. You can't get, you can't actually make the, the buy. Right. And, and you're sort of like, well, or I could go to Pirate Bay and go get it right there. Like you're, you're making it impossible. Right. Uh, going one step further by customing it to the culture is just genius. On the issue of designing cross-platform use interfaces for game engines, yes, it's possible. Unity has been very limited on this front, but there are plugins available in the asset store to make it simpler. Check out NGUI, E-Driven, and Coherent. Mm-hmm. And also check out what Unity is about to release. It's amazing. And he provides a link to a YouTube video, which I'll put into the show notes, because Unity continues to evolve. We probably are due to do another show on Unity, I, I think. think. so, too. Yeah, because it's, it's interesting. Everybody's moving this cross-plat story forward. and it's We uh, talked it's a little talk bit about with Brian Noyes yeah. when we talked WPF and all of that. And for sure. So, yeah, we'll get back to that. Yep. Uh, so, Antal, thank you so much for a comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or on any of our mobile apps. We've got it for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. Those apps are built by Diatom Enterprises. We'd love to build you an app. Just go to DiatomEnterprises.com. And before we go any further, let's talk about Pluralsight. They're home to the largest tech and creative training library on the planet. They have thousands of developer, IT, and creative courses authored by MVPs and industry experts, releasing dozens of new courses every month, 
and offering a free 10-day trial, giving you 200 minutes of access. With a wide range of topics for developers, including coverage of iOS, Java, Android, web development, and pretty much anything you can think of on the Microsoft stack. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. And with that, let's talk to Mr. Hardy, Chris Hardy, Director of Customer Support at Xamarin. Recently, and I say recently, almost a year ago now, moved from the UK to Xamarin's Boston office after being one of the first developers to develop for Xamarin iOS in 2010. Often found at conferences and user groups around the world, Chris also contributed to the Xamarin iOS and Xamarin Android books from Rocks with Wally McClure and all, and is excited to see C Sharp on all the mobile devices, as are we, Chris. Good. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, as I mentioned, I, I saw the announcement for Xamarin Forms. Yep. Which means 100% XAML C Sharp. It does. In Visual Studio. Yep. So you can share your UI code across, you know, Windows, Windows Phone, iOS, and Android. Um, so people can get nearer, nearer to 100% sharing code, not just for their non-UI code, but now they can use their UI code as well. Yeah, and you say near 100%. In most cases, it is 100%. And in some cases, it isn't? Yeah, so if you want to do stuff that's platform-specific, you can still go back and you can still access that stuff. So if you want to do something such as you want to use the speech synthesizer that you have on iOS or you want to use Android, you're still going to have to write custom code that allows you to access those bits. But your UI stuff, it's still going to be 100% share code. But that's the same story that we have with Xamarin today, right? I mean, that's you correct. guys do abstract a lot of things away, but if there's specific stuff that isn't covered, you still have the option of writing native yeah. code. And with Xamarin Forms, we didn't want to you know, remove that option. We're still 100% focused on native development, but that's why all the UI code that you do share is all native um, platform underneath. It's just now you have a nice way of sharing a lot of that code where it makes sense to reuse that across your multiple platforms. But there's always going to be the case where this just doesn't work for your uh, business needs, and then you can always just use the normal APIs that we've always exposed in the product. So it's just an add an additional tool set, essentially. That's correct, yeah. So you're using XAML to describe the form that it's still rendering it essentially in native code under the hood. Yep, that's correct, yeah. So really the XAML markup is about kind of laying out your design, say I want like a grid here, or this is a content page. But really, it doesn't do anything that's kind of, it's not a XAML as, as you know it back from right. um, either doing WPF or Silverlight stuff. It's, it's very much um, just marking things up in a way that you can translate. You can do everything in code as well, so you don't need to use XAML at all. Um, but it's really the XAML markup language that we're taking advantage of that people will be familiar with, but it doesn't have a designer that goes with it, so and you yet, can't you, click and so drag. So you haven't actually off. implemented WPF in iOS? No, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was that was the first thing that I noticed is that it is XAML but not XAML. So that's it, correct. it's the XAML markup language in the format of XAML. So yep. you have resources and you have uh, you have bindings that are sort of limited bindings and. Yep. But there's a lot of things that are, that you won't find there if you're used to WPF or Silverlight or anything like that. However, that said, it is very familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and so if you if you are familiar with doing Windows Phone development, you can start off and you can do your Windows Phone Xamarin Forms app, and then because you have that 
kind of standard UI that you've used on Windows Phone, that translates to iOS and Android using Xamarin Forms right. without having to think about how do I do this on iOS and Android. Xamarin Forms kind of takes away that uh, thinking and knowledge that you need to do. Obviously, we always recommend that you understand the platforms you're going to target, yeah. but this definitely goes, oh, okay, so I know that this tab page is a pivot on Windows Phone, then a tab page on Android and iOS are slightly different because they're, you know, running on the Android native platform or iOS native platform. So before I go into sort of my experiences with this, which I think might be helpful for the listeners, let's talk about the two different types of Visual Studio solutions that you can create um, when when you're using a Xamaforms project. Yep. So you can um, you can create a, um, a portable class library, um, Xamaforms project. So that stuff is completely reusable across multiple platforms. And then with the new shared project support um, with Visual Studio created, and now we have that in Xamarin Studio as well, you can create a shared project as well, which allows you to add in um, kind of non-portable class library code, but it allows you to share this across any kind of project that you want, so you're not restricted with the portable class library option. So in, so in both of these situations, and we'll talk about them in depth, in both of these situations, you get a solution where you have this uh, one project that is the UI project where yep. you can do your XAML and your markup. And then you have three other projects. You have an iOS project, an Android project, and a Windows Phone project. All of these are uh, Xamarin projects. So they're all C-sharp. Yep. Right. And in the, in the case of the um, Portable Class Library project, it is a PCL. It is XAML in PCL. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so you're restricted based on the portable class library that exists already. Right. Um, which generally will work if you really want to target the portable class libraries and you want to get access to just mm. those APIs, then it's a really good way of making sure that the code you're adding in there is reusable across multiple platforms. Right. But there's stuff that you don't have access yeah. to, like timers, for example. But yep. you guys did implement a timer. I yes. saw that. Yeah. So yeah. you can have that in as part of the assembly, but then you can't have your own timers that run in there, again, right. based on the portable class library limitations. So is there some guidance for when to use portable class libraries and when not? Um, we have some documentation on where you might want to use the difference um, between portable class libraries and share projects. Really depends on, on your needs. If you can fit it in a portable class library, then we'd recommend right. using that. That this seemed to be the better way to go, but it is yeah. more restrictive. Yeah, and that's yeah. just because you don't have access to the full APIs that you would have on, on .NET because it's the portable class library subset. Right. Um, so we would recommend use portable class libraries where you can. But shared projects are a really nice solution when you can't use portable class libraries. And the typical reason is something in the framework you really need. Like, do you have an example? Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but... Yeah, I yeah, got like, one for you. Yeah, go for it. So a portable class library... Uh, first of all, a shared project doesn't create an assembly. Yes. So a shared yep. project will be called from your individual project, and then uh, all that stuff is compiled into native code and pulled into that, uh, yep. whatever, the Android or iOS project. But it doesn't create an assembly. So for if you want to have a value converter, let's say, mm -hmm. in, that, in that XAML... Yep. You can't do it because that requires a, a local reference. Well, in that assembly, you can't have one. Yes. You, could, yep. you could do it in a portable class library, but you couldn't have one in that assembly because it requires an assembly reference. Yep, and you can't, you can't add the assembly references to the shared project where you can do with a portable class library. Right. So you end up creating a portable class library anyway. Yes. Right. To, to then add it into 
your main project, which then gets referenced from the shared project. So, right. um, yeah, the shared project is, is, is still quite limiting as well, but in, in a different, different ways. way. Yes. Yeah, in different yep. ways. It's an interesting battle about the right architecture for this and what you're really trying to do. And I think this has got to be a challenge around Xamarin Forms too, because different UI, like if I make something in, in Xamarin Forms, is it going to look identical on all the phones? It's not, but it's not meant to. Okay, um, and it, that, that, I, mean, yeah. I think that's good, yes, right? That we're exactly. trying to make it look appropriate for the phone. Yeah, it, it, it builds native UIs. So you, you get a real list when you add in a list view and you get real list on Android and you get real list on Windows phone. Right. So you get the same native performance across the multiple platforms. And at the moment, it is, it is limited to you know lists and you have a master detail view. Um, but it's, it's there just so that really it works and it feels right on each of the platforms and you're not abstracting it away too much where it's like, okay, now you've really just dumped in some UI that doesn't make sense on any of the platforms. It, it's meant to feel like oh, wow, this is just natural in terms of creating a list, but it works on the multiple platforms, and your users don't know that you, you haven't cheated in a way, but you've um, really quickened up your speed of development because you've taken advantage of Xamarin Forms. But you clearly need to test on each of the phones, at That's least correct. in the emulators, yes. to yep. know how it's, it's going to render. Yes, yeah. And we, we offer some documentation on how this looks versus this. Yeah. Um, a good example is the tabs on iOS. Users are used to having tabs on the bottom of the phone. Right. So when you want to switch between different pages, they're always at the bottom. We didn't want to have the same experience on Android where users on Android are expecting to have the tabs on the top. Right. So, you know, we make sure that on iOS, the tabs are at the bottom using, you know, the tab, tab bar controller. And then on Android, you have the action bar and then you have the tabs underneath the action bar, which is an Android thing. And then on Windows Phone, you have a pivot instead of having any sort of tabs that wouldn't make sense on Windows Phone, but a pivot makes perfect sense. Um, right. So we try and keep the, the paradigms the same as, as you know, if you were just building native UI code. You have uh, something like, what, uh, 20 different controls, I believe? I think it's about 40, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And this is V1. It is, like, This yes. is your first go, so. Yeah, it is very much, uh, you know, We've we created the start of where we want to go with Xamarin Forms, but really people's feedback on what they want to achieve from it as well is is key on on development there as well. Yeah, um, and are you targeting sort of the B two C market here? They they the businesses trying to provide mobile apps for their customers. Yeah, that's where we had most of the feedback was really you know we want we don't really not care about the user interface. I think everyone cares about the user interface, sure. but they want to create something quickly and they want to get it out and they want to get it on multiple platforms. Right. And, you know, the story with, with Xamarin before was you can share a lot of your business code, but your UI, you kind of on your own. And yeah. Right. Um, you know, you can, you can use the hybrid approach where you have like a web view within your project. But again, users quickly can see that, okay, this is a web view and now I need to do HTML and this kind of, keeps you away from having to do HTML and, you know, do that for each of the platforms and make sure that works right on each of the platforms. Yes. Where really they just want a native user interface. And this allows you to quicken up that development time of targeting three three major platforms without having to work out how to get this working on each individual platform when all you want is a list and a detail. Um, so, yeah, it's really going after that kind of market where it's, 
I just want to get data in an app and I want it to work on three different platforms. Right, and it just work. And the main thing yes. is reaching as many customers as possible. That's correct, yep. So let me tell you about my experiences here. That and, and I brought my rig with me for the last couple of days. I've been holed up in my hotel room. Uh, I know you're working on, on something good when I, I can't get you out for anything. Like <laughs> oh, you've just been, been in your room <laughs> pounding away. Before I left, I had established communication with a Mac Mini, but that's about as far as I got. Yep. And uh, when I got here, I started hammering on it. And um, so the first thing I did was try to implement location services on each platform. Yep. And that was fairly easy. Um, and uh, I basically made an abstraction for location that took all of the common stuff and made a class that, uh, that I could stuff all of the long and lat and yep. distance and radius and all of that stuff into that, that I could use in, in the UI layer. And then uh, I tried binding and stuff, and I found out some interesting things with binding. Okay. One of them is, um, with iOS anyway, if you try to bind to a string property that you didn't that you initialize to an empty string yep the binding doesn't work at least it didn't for me interesting you have okay. to you have to set the initial string value to something otherwise oh. the binding didn't work okay that was just one of those weird things yeah. that i found in specific to ios spe- and this was in a shared project yep. in ios and with the latest bits so i don't know if that was okay. just a weird bug that sounds like a weird bug yeah, yeah. Now, and then just to clarify so you run this against Android. Works fine. Didn't have a problem. Same Ran code. against WinFoam. Didn't have a problem. Like, this is what I like about cross-plot development. It's like one of the challenges is different behavior on different devices. Like yeah. You, you have to test. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you get into, I'm going to call it squidging. But, you know, the, the little squidge you got to make yeah. that doesn't damage the two phones that worked. Right. But makes the one that didn't work, work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, the yeah. good news is that that's something for us to sort out, and yeah, you right. shouldn't have to worry about it. But, and, the, and those uh, are things that are easily fixed, I'm sure. Yes. But, but, you know, what happens when you have a those rending variations, like the tabs mm-hmm. are at the bottom or the tabs are at the top, and now the page doesn't work right? Like, it, it's covering up something, or there's something missing. I, do you end up in the into some if Android code? You, you do have some if Android code else do this right um (laughs) but really it's not about fixing things it's normally just about how things sort of work differently on the platform right um so data templates might be slightly different for android so you might want to target that more specifically right um generally i think we handle the the difference in the platforms as well as those devices handle them themselves um but then you know we can you can always jump out and you can always modify things exactly how you want if you need to uh, per device, per de- per per platform. Per, so per, for, per platform, for Android, right. um, you can do more Android. So you're still things. using Xamarin Forms, but you're making a uh, a Xamarin Form for Android devices. Yes, or you're tweaking it based on you're running on Android. It's if Android yes. then right yeah, exactly apply these tweaks. Yes. Okay. So you I mean, can, you can optionally and you'd add rather in not right. I'd right. rather write yes. it once and it runs yep. on all of them. That's the great dream, but. Yep. Where you have to have exceptions, you can have exceptions. Yes, you can. Yeah. Can you go so far as to say, okay, use Xamarin Forms for this I- for iOS and WinForms here, but if it's Android, use this other kind of view or render it a totally different way? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, you could do something that's similar to that. You can definitely just render in a normal iOS or Android view. Right. How that works with the rest of how like the navigation stack will work for you, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Um, but you can always, I mean, you can always add in um, a list and a detail view 
on a part of your iOS app or part of your Android app and then do everything native for the rest of the app. Yeah, I think that's so, that would be the question is, I get to a, a, a particular view that I yep. want on all the devices, and it's complicated enough that Xamarin Forms is really struggling with it, so I'll go native to all of them. Yes, yep. As opposed to try and use you know, Xamarin Forms for one and, and native on the other. Yes, and there's, and there's always going to be cases where you're not going to have something that works as well as Xamarin Forms as, as it works with native. Sure. Um, an example that we've seen recently is the, the web view. So web views work quite differently on iOS versus Android in terms of how you can interact with them. And then so really, if you want to display a web page in your app, you know, the web view that Xamarin Forms gives you works perfectly fine. But as soon as you start wanting to interact in running JavaScript within your UI web view, you then have to start going out of Xamarin Forms or creating your own components that handle this specifically on iOS or Android right. differently. So it starts going away from kind of, okay, this is just displaying a web page to I want to do everything within this web page and interact with it. So you do have to come out of the Xamarin form section there. And maybe I'm still thinking too greenfield here that, okay, we're making a new app. We're going to try and make everything Xamarin form. So I want that 100% shared code base mm -hmm. so that every phone gets the update at the same time. It's all the same compile. Yep. But this is, now I'm starting to think in terms of the brownfield of I have an existing app possibly built in Xamarin. Yep. Do I want to start introducing Xamarin forms to it? Yeah, we would certainly see most people go from Greenfield and then they would take that Greenfield Xamarin Forms app and then create a native app from that. Right. When they've gone, okay, we've, we, we know how to do this bit right and they can stay with Xamarin Forms in that, but they might want to take things further and you know, take advantage of new APIs and different platforms right. and then go start going away from the Xamarin Forms section. Plus, now. we've also done mm. customer validation. Like I see the Xamarin Forms approach is super fast to get something out in the field. Yep figure out what people are actually using and where they want to do more yes. or they're frustrated or complaining and that you can go to a different coding style to improve uh, aspects there. Yep. But you're fixing the things that need to be fixed because there's demand, not guessing what the customer wants. Exactly. Yeah. So you, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good way of getting something done on multiple platforms and getting it out there for people to try rather than, oh, how, how are we going to make this unique on this platform, you can have something that works pretty well on all three platforms and then start um, working on, you know, the exact points that you want to improve your application on, um, which is, you know, important to get get that out to people. You always see this now. It's like, hey, we have our iOS app and, you know, our Android one's coming. Yeah. And then Windows phone is, maybe you know, maybe someday. somewhere in the future. So yeah. this hopefully can start people going, okay, maybe I can start thinking about all three platforms to start off with. And then maybe they see a huge surge in Windows Phone and people really like it on Windows Phone. So they can then, you know, take out the Xamarin Forms stuff and start going and, and developing something more unique for Windows Phone developers, like adding in live tiles and things like that. Well, which, that was a nice callback to the comment we read in the show 985, mm -hmm. the one we do with John Peppers. They didn't set out to have a popular game in China. Yep. That's what happened. Yep. You know, I, and I really like this this minimal viable product approach of get something out in the field and see who it grabs. Yeah. It may not be who you think. And then you can think, now you can talk about what device, what culture, what features based on their reactions mm -hmm. to that. Yeah, and you're, you're probably not going to be uh, quiet in terms of people giving feedback on mobile apps. People like leaving feedback. So yeah. um, you'll probably hear quite quickly back from either if it's a business that you're developing an app for or from customers um, you know, third-party customers, you're going to hear a lot of feedback and being able to have the control of 
maybe someone wants something on Android, but hey, you can also do it in iOS and Windows Phone and just using Xamarin Forms to achieve that. And that's mm-hmm. a really nice way that you can do that. Otherwise, you can always go back and, and you know, just develop normal native UIs uh, using Xamarin as well if you need to. Absolutely. Hey, Richard, you know what time it is? Uh, must be that happy time again. Yep. It's time to initialize my empty iOS string properties to physically and biologically impossible suggestions. <laughs> you want me to stick what where? <laughs> you want me to what? <laughs> no, it's no. time to give away Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But before I tell you who that is, supercharge your .NET productivity with Telerik DevCraft. This bundle includes over 420 UI controls for all .NET technologies, including ASP.NET, AJAX, MVC, and WPF. Plus, you'll also receive Kendo UI, HTML5, JavaScript framework, productivity, reporting, and debugging tools. Hmm. Telerik DevCraft comes with three upgrades per year and Telerik's industry-leading support. Download your free 30-day trial today at telerik.com slash dnr devcraft. And don't forget to thank him for supporting .NET Rocks. Absolutely. So who's our winner, buddy? Today's winner is Jeff Jacka. Congratulations, Jeff. Jeff just won the Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. Yeah. We have thousands of members all over the world. And uh, we give away stuff in every show. And every December, we give away $5,000 worth of stuff. Indeed we technology. do. Technology. And funny how it's always related to mobile development. The it past, is. The two times we've done it. It's been a development rig. They wanted something related to, to development, and specifically mobile. I wonder if this year's winner is going to buy one of them big honking batteries. <laughs> it's only 80 bucks. It's got to throw one of those We in. get a lot of batteries that way. Because, you know. So we like to ask our guest, Chris Hardy, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what would you buy? What would it be? It's a very good question. You already got your Google Glass. Got a Google Glass. He's wearing it <laughs> right now. Yeah. yeah. Something I really do want is uh, V-drums. Really? The Roland yeah. V-drums? Yeah. I, that was the first kit I owned, actually. Yeah. So I want a pair of those. Um, a set. A set. A pair. Yeah, not a I pair. I get two of them. No. A pair of sets. No. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I could probably... So these are electronic drums? Electronic yeah. drums. So I could but probably... But they have, have tension, tension yeah. heads. So the oh, okay. heads so are, they feel right. They, yeah, the heads actually are stretched, you know, so they, they feel real. Yeah. So I could probably yeah. hook that into technology somehow. Oh, I'm sure you can. Yeah. MIDI. There we go. Yeah. There you go. So that's, it's kind of technology you would, you would download Carl's MIDI tools. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> um, um, which you could probably... No, you probably couldn't translate those two are e-drums no. five grand other than uh, yeah. yeah yeah they are they really yeah. are huh? for a nice set you can for a nice yeah. set pay a lot of money with for your them. synthetic symbols and v-drums the virtual drums yeah yeah, yeah. virtual but drums aside from that i, I did mean, not really, know you were a drummer yeah oh, used yeah, to be is. used yeah. to be oh interesting. yeah in fact, it's been uh, a long time now your email address is your band name yeah oh, right ntr yeah. ntr ntr my old band name which yeah. Kind of stuck now as what is as it? Not the uh, what it was? No through road. No, no through road. road. Yeah. It's yeah. a good name. So I, I mean, apart from you know, a new new machine, uh, new devices is always useful. Yeah, I still I, I feel like I should almost do a census of all of the uh, of all of the five thousand dollar things because I yeah. think you get a you always have a big chunk of new 
development hardware. It's yeah. a big chunk of music. Yeah, yeah. You know, lots of folks. Uh, Pat audio Patterson, hardware. Yeah. You know, you know they were new instruments, new audio gear, recording new gear. recording yeah. gear. It's we have a lot of people who are fans of Rocksmith on Xbox. So you plug in a guitar yeah. and it actually tells you how to play the song properly. Nice. And, Frustrating uh, people since 2012. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And yeah, I've, I haven't got to that stage where I want to try and learn the guitar like that, but uh, we have a lot of people at, at Xamarin who are interested in in that side of things, so yeah. they they keep going and talking about that. All right, I got some questions for you. So, uh, when in your UI project, and it doesn't matter if you have a shared project or a portable class library project, but in yep. your UI project in this solution, you can either return a content page from a XAML file that you have created, or you can create a new content page and then set the content with some sort of view, like a stack view, which yep. is kind of like a stack panel or a list view or a deta master detail view or something like that. And you can put controls in that and just sort of assemble your controls. But this class uh, is a, a static class, right? So if you want references to those, you have to keep those references out. And the, the view itself and we'll get into MVVM because that's a whole nother talk. But yep. if you're just doing sort of code behind stuff, is the, the best practice then to subclass that content page and make your own and yes. maybe use an iNotify property change, maybe add your own properties to it? Yeah, so you we can recommend bind. that you, uh, yeah, you subclass any page that you want to kind of add in a whole bunch of stuff and then you can then reuse that a bunch of times right. if you want to always have your, you know, your content page that has an image view in there or yeah. um, whatever you need in there. So yeah, you would subclass your content page and then you can then use that elsewhere. Oh, yeah. good. I did that right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. It's nice to know. <laughs> this is awesome. I yeah. like yeah. Uh, tech support right yeah. here, you know. It's a good thing we booked it for a show, man. Yeah. You need some help. But this is good because, you know, if I'm if I'm having these questions, I'm sure other people are too. Yeah, so. certainly. Yeah, there's been a lot of questions on um, the best way of using Xamarin forms, and we yeah. have a lot of opinions on on how to go about doing certain things. Right. Um, the MVVM one is one that's come up as well. Right. Um, so we have some we have some bindings that you can uh, add in there, um, so you don't have to manually go and hook those up. Um, you know, you can use the text property that matches up with this property name. Right. And then you can go through them, and and it will use the set binding. That you create in code that will hook up to those um, to those lists or, or data items. Now the binding you basically have one way and two way binding, mm -hmm. but that's really it. I mean, you really the, as far as the binding goes, it's not all that flexible. Like you can't bind to other elements and things like that. Yeah, it's it's very. I mean, it's still V one. Right. Um, it's something that we'll probably work on improving um, as much as we can do in terms of still trying to keep things simple and and mm -hmm. not as complex as you know using a whole you don't want to have introduce a whole new you know right. mvvm framework again but i mean we wanted to create something that was lightweight that right, was easy sure. to get up and running with without the all the complexities but i'm sure that will increase as development goes on so um where does mvvm cross fit in here because it certainly doesn't look like it's necessary when you have uh when you have this, I mean, but it is it is lightweight and it is rudimentary. Does do the two work together, Xamarin Forms and MVVM so Cross? At the moment, we see that people probably 
do two separate projects. I mean, the, the ones that are using MVVM Cross are probably the ones that are going to be doing something that's a lot more complex. Right. Um, and they would use that to do a lot more complex things in their views. Or um, you still have to do the views manually with the MVVM Cross. Um, so we, we don't see there being a huge uh, overlap between the two projects. Sure. So MVVM uh, Cross is great for your normal Xamarin projects and then the MVVM stuff that we add in for Xamarin Forms is really just for the Xamarin Forms stuff. But it sure um, has, it, you've sure simplified MVVM. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really have. I mean. Yep. Yeah. And really it's, it's about simplicity and, and having something that people can not have to, you know, learn a lot about MVVM to use, um, which I, I think normally comes with, oh, I have to learn about MVVM and how, you know, how everything links together. Mm -hmm. It's really about, I want to create this. So I want to have a, have a detail view which has these properties and I just bind them to, to it right. rather than having to try and, um, try and do the more complex stuff, which will lead to stuff like MVVM cross and, you know, more complicated views within a bigger project. And while the focus is on simplicity, we're mm -hmm. not talking designers there. You're still no. writing the XAML by hand. Yes. Which, yep. for the most part, I think is all we've ever done. I've never uh, found yeah. a designer didn't frustrate the hell out of me, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, speaking as somebody who's done quite a bit in by hand and yeah. in build, in blend, mm -hmm. rather. Right. Um, there are times when blend is absolutely necessary. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing that more now. A lot yeah. of conversations we've been having lately. For animation and things. Like, yep. I would not want to do animation by hand. Yeah, and we we have animation um, tools inside Xamarin Forms as well. So again, it's kind of decoupling, not having to do that within, like, you know, your XAML or mm. anything. We have the animation frameworks that allows you to do that within Xamarin Forms as well. So again, it's not trying to do everything within XAML. It's trying to do the bits that XAML does really well, and and you know, but I can't think. UI. I, I would suspect if you try and build some XAML in Blend, then try and get it into Xamarin Forms, no, you're going to struggle pretty mightily. Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to go well. Yes, yeah. the XAML's completely incompatible with any kind of yeah. WPF yeah. or CLA. Yeah. Like. It's really a markup language that people are familiar with. Right. Um, so it's like, oh, okay, I understand this. I can. Is that why you chose again. to use things like label instead of text block? Like you chose to go completely away from even the standard uh, yeah, things that people are used to? Just to not even imply that they're compatible? A lot of the stuff came from uh, the Monotouch Dialogue project. And right. so that was a project which allowed you to generate UI or create UI um, in an automated fashion. And so you had like a label, you have a, an entry field, those sort of things were something that was part of that project. And so a lot of that stuff, you know, people tried to do monodroid.dialog, which is like the Android version, mm -hmm. and really only worked nicely for iOS. But a lot of the stuff that came from that, so an entry field or the label, came from the monotouch dialog, and that kind of worked in terms of, oh, this is a general term for a label or an entry field, which this is more The monotouch dialog was an open source project, or is it yeah. an open source project? It's an open source project that shipped with, uh, with Xamarin.iOS okay. that was created by Miguel Diacaza. Um, and so a lot of people were, oh, you know, when we're going to get the version for Android or when you can do a Windows phone version. Mm. Xamarin Forms is kind of like an extension on, on the Monotouch Dialog project, but less focus on this is how you do stuff in iOS. Right. Um, and this is more general on, on how you do stuff for mobile. Yeah. Does it replace the that Dialog project then? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yep. So, yep. It's, I mean, it, it, the other thing is Xamarin Forms didn't come out of nowhere. 
No, right? no, like yes. They, there's clearly yeah. been some code worked on for a while, and then this coalesced around a XAML approach yep. with a set of controls. Yeah, and this is stuff we've been working on for the last year or two okay. as well. So it's, it's all the stuff you wouldn't talk to about. Right. Talk to us yeah. about yeah. over yeah. beers, right? Yeah. Have all these nice conversations, then you just shut up at yeah. certain points. Yeah. It's like, okay, Chris yeah. Hardy's keeping secrets. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you yeah. talked to Stuart quite a bit, too. I know that Stuart Lodge, yep. you learned yep. a lot from him. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that he's doing really well with, especially the MVVM cross stuff and right. and sharing as much code as possible. And he was talking here last year, sure, um, about MVVM cross and you know that stuff is really popular. Yeah, and we just had him on, and, and like the latest bits are clearly bigger, and the number of contributors gone up. It's some amazing samples. Like yeah. to yeah. me, that's when you know a project's healthy. Yeah, I mean, there's p- folks out there that are just helping other people be successful with it. Yeah, and there's so many different add-ins and plugins you can create. My favorite one is just adding settings. Yeah, it's like just adding settings. You don't have to think about that on the multiple platforms because it just does it for you. And yeah, you know, that stuff that does work with Xamarin Forms as well. But you know, there's just so many people adding different uh, content now to the MVVM cross platform. You can probably find pretty much everything you need there. All right, some other things that I like. I like that um, rotation is built into everything that's visible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, basic pinch and move and rotate stuff is just everything. Yep. It's built into everything. I like that. Uh, So animations are are easy. Um, Maps. Xamarin.forms.maps. So that was my whole day yesterday. (laughs) Okay. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Well, you know, in the... Honestly, the, the, the things that were, uh, you know, once I got stuff up and running, and this is the story, right? Yep. You know, once you get it up and running. Yeah, see your hello world moment. Yeah, it's you on know, the device. It runs. And to tell you the truth, it, there were, these problems weren't Xamarin problems. Right. They were Android. I was going to say Android and, and API problem. keys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah API keys, you have, to, you have to go yeah. through a big process. You have to, to hunt get, them down, make sure your project, your yeah, you're, um, we're talking like about going to command lines yeah. and running command line tools to get SHA keys right. and then pasting them yeah. in on websites. This is what it takes to get to a buildable Downloading state. certificates yeah. and plugging yeah. that into your it's, manifest. And Yeah, they, they have gone to town on making sure that's set up correctly. Whereas Windows Phone just works. Beep, boop, boop. Beep, yep. boop, boop. But is it, you know, we're not doing SHA keys for fun. No, it's there's for, a reason yeah. to, for this protection. Well, they want to know, yeah. So the so question they, is, are we getting the same protections in WinPhone? They've just packaged it better. I think most of it's probably to do with care. charging you, <laughs> right? Yeah, and they it's about want, oh, okay, you're using Google Maps. Well, we can see your app's been using it a right, lot. Right. Now, time to yeah. pay up. Come up with Windows, the money. Yeah, Windows just wants people to business license yeah, to develop for Windows Phone. Yeah. Just happy that anybody's developed for the phone. Still, that's true. You know what? I've seen a lot more Windows phones while we've been in Europe. That I've seen, that I see in the U.S. and Canada. I have an unfortunate story. Can I tell this? Ye- Should I tell the story? Sure. You know, it's the truth. You can always edit yeah. it out. <laughs> uh, no, it's the truth, and the truth. We're all about the truth. So uh, my Windows phone died. It, it, my 920 finally gave up the ghost. Yep. Um, and it, it would not charge. Wouldn't hold a charge. So I wanted to get a 1020, and I went to the AT&T store, and they said we don't stock Windows phones anymore. Wow. And no AT&T store will stock Windows phones anymore. We can order them. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't have a phone. I need a phone now. Yeah. Because it died, right? He says, you might want to try Best Buy. So I drive over to Best Buy. No, we don't stock Windows phones anymore. Wow. When I think I what's happened is the, the platform, right? Well, yeah. the, I think what's happened is the AT&T 
one-year deal that they had with Microsoft around the 1020, around the flagship phone, has expired. The new one-year deal is the Icon, which is the 930 for Verizon. And so yep. as long while Microsoft's focused on having a love affair with Verizon, AT&T's like, nah. Yeah. So I did actually go to T-Mobile store last weekend, and they had a whole little section for Windows Phone. Nice. So I, I had the opposite thing. I wasn't so trying to... It all depends phone. on the carrier. And like, we're still back in this world where the carriers yeah. decide what we so, buy. So here's the... There's more to the story. So I actually got talked into getting a Galaxy S5. Right. Yep. And while this is a, you know, a computer... It's a Cray computer in your hand, yeah. you know, and it does everything... I can't stand the interface. I blink, <laughs> and I'm yeah. I'm in a new screen that I don't understand. You know, and I got I finally figured out how to navigate, and that's no problem. But just stuff just appears and shows up out of the blue, yeah. and you know, it's thing, so yeah. so it's so complex that I long for the simplicity of either an iPhone or a Windows phone. I and that's the, say, thing that, yeah. uh, that's the thing that that's the thing that that both Apple and Microsoft got right is simplicity in navigation. But actually, the the stock. Google OS is actually pretty good as well. Yeah. yeah, it's the Samsung phones for me that have been like, wow, they're, they're adding the so much stuff to this stuff, and it's, it's like so complicated. I just don't want any of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, you um, can, I think you can buy S fives from Google directly, and they they're just the stock images, and then they'll update whenever they feel like updating yeah. because they That's can half control that stuff. I mean, um, Apple were making fun of. Android and updating to KitKat at, at the you know the keynote. So I've, I've got a bare metal Nexus Four along with my Nokia nine twenty five because carrying yep. two phones is cool. Um, but the best thing I, I found with um, with the Android phone to get it even close to how simple it is to use a Windows phone is a replacement launcher called Aviate, which is okay. still in beta, but it's actually time and schedule sensitive so it sees it sees that it's morning and i have thing you know things in my schedule for the morning it'll actually reconfigure the starting screen to the stuff i'm going to need for that's that. driving that's nice. weather you know all that sort of stuff and then in, and it switches in the afternoon like i find it very clever that's other very than great. it mows the battery down yeah <laughs> you know very clever software apparently is really hard on the machine mm. but it's the and I realized what I was getting when I was playing with Aviators, I was getting closer to how reflexively good WinPhone is for that. Yeah. That the stuff I need to know is right there all the time. And, yeah. then, and then let's not even talk about the video camera and the camera quality and the difference. Oh, I mean, yeah. I can't take video with this because it shakes too bad. Yeah. And I'm just so used to such good quality video in, in camera from the Nokia. So so anyway, that's, that's my rant. Uh, it, it's really sad that uh, that that's the way it's going. I think it'll go back time. around again. Yeah, I know? hope so. There'll yeah. be a new phone that AT&T wants. They'll get an exclusive. That'll be the phone that's in the stores and it'll happen again. Yeah, it's definitely not the end for Windows Phone no. by a long shot. So, so the maps, let me talk about the maps. Um, uh, like I said, most of the day was spent just dealing with the Google APIs. The, mm -hmm. the iOS thing came up no problem. There was no, there was no anything that I needed to do to make the iOS yep. thing work. I, I like the iOS emulator. I didn't have to have a device. That's nice. Yep. Um, the and the 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 emulator comes up on the Mac. Yeah. But actually, the uh, the map stuff on iOS on the simulator only existed recently when they switched over to um, their own maps. 
So right. before it was using Google Maps and they couldn't integrate in the simulator. You need to have a real device to do that. Wow. So again, I think that goes back to the whole Android and the Google, the Google API stuff. The war, really the war of the walled garden it. is still going on. Yeah. And the developers are on the front line of this. Thing. Yep. Yep. Right. And and we had a lot of people ask when they made that switch. Is like, how can I continue using Google Maps on? I think it was iOS six or iOS seven. It's yeah, like, right. well, you can't. Yeah. No. Users upgrade. Time yeah. to switch. Yeah. And, I've, and and Apple has decided what you're going to do. Yep. Enjoy. Yes. So yep. long story short, at the end of the day, I have an app that it shows a map of where I am, and it moves the map when I move, and nice. it shows my my marker in the middle of the screen. As I move around, awesome. and I did that in two days. Nice, nice. and th- and that's and learning works, the platform and learning the platform at the same time, and it works on all three devices. That's I mean, as far as I know, hit. it works on the simulators for Windows Phone and for iOS, but it works on my S5 just fine as I Which walk is, around. Yeah, I mean, we were joking at the start of the show about you know waiting for the Android emulator to oh load up. Oh my god! Just always go to device if you can. Yeah. Right, you can pick up cheapish devices from the Google Play Store right. for like my, my concern $200. when you're going to do device testing on Android is there's so much variation in device like just because yep. it works on your S5 is it going to work on my Nexus 4 yeah. but I'm yeah. counting on you Chris yes. that <laughs> Xamarin's providing me the abstraction as a developer so yep. that it will run on the different versions of the OS I mean that's literally a different UI that's on that Sam- oh. Samsung messes with the UI. Well, you can't count on Chris. You have to specifically say in your manifest which version you're targeting. Which yeah. devices. Which, yeah, what's your minimum? And you can, yeah, at least you can limit down to the devices that you want to target That's as right. well. That's right. Um, so Android do give you that option. Um, to, to filter it down. Yeah. The question then, is, will it work if right. I don't filter it down? Well, yeah. and but you can figure that out based on the feature set that you're yep. using. Yeah. And, you know, th- there are tools that allow you to... To see this, I mean, um, Test Cloud is something that Xamarin is is working with. Yeah. Um, and that is all these Android devices, all these iOS devices in the cloud for you to run your apps against. And, you know, we see this a lot with... Um, and this in, is not emulators. This is literally... This is literally devices. Piles of devices plugged in. Yes. Yeah. And you're and, able to go in and do that. And so with, with Test Cloud, um, you can see straight away where bugs are with the UI. Right. And some of this stuff is just the way that Android have implemented this on this weird device. Yeah. And you have to fix it on that only that device. And it's not, yeah, it's, it's that hardware manufacturer, those, all those crazy combinations. Some weird things that I found that I figured out that you just have to find by, you know, Google binging. In order to enable on the latest Android, in order to enable the developer options in the system settings. Right. You have to tap the about device seven times. Seven times. Seven times. Not six times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Boom. And then the developer options will show up. Interesting. Then you can press the developer options and then allow USB debugging. (laughs) I did that exact thing this morning. No kidding. A a device I'm going to be using in my uh, presentation tomorrow. Because like, you wouldn't want to hit the button options. accidentally seven times. And, yeah. and, and then you have to, when you plug it in, you have to make sure that it asks you, do you want USB debugging yep. turned on? If you if it doesn't ask you and you say okay, then it's not going to work. Wow. And it, and you won't find that device on your machine to you won't find it on. to. No. Very funny. Yeah, and you'll be stuck with emulator. Yeah. And you don't want <laughs> that. You don't want that. <laughs> but you all get, get back to, to the reality pizza. that it, uh, it's all these details. Yeah, that's that right. It takes so to make it many work. details. Yeah. And like I say, to 
to Xamarin's credit, most of the details that you will be lost in are the platform details. Right. And interestingly enough, most of those platform details are not on the Windows Phone side. The Windows Phone side is actually the easiest side to develop yep. for. Well, you know what I find interesting? I mean, Microsoft has more experience building phones than the other companies do. They, and building APIs. Right. And the, But they've been making, you know, look at the old CE phone. The old CE phone up to 6.5 was Android. It did all the mistakes that Android has made yep. again. That's right. Yeah, with multiple compiled versions, multiple devices, like all of that insanity. They've yeah. done, they just recreated that. Microsoft at least learned from that and has done a much more restrictive approach to the phone, but not as restrictive as what Apple's done. Okay, I think now they have struck a happy, a happy medium. Now I have some complaints. Go for it. Xamarin University, two grand a year. Are you freaking kidding me? People pay for good training. This is, this is like when you go to like one of these shows and you do your workshops in person. It's meant to be like that. Um, and so you're, you're there. Normally there's only like you and a few other people. And so you can, you basically, everyone has their mics on. Wait a minute. I thought these were just videos. No, no. These are training, one-on-one training. Okay, that's different. Along. I'm sorry. Yeah. So there's uh, somebody thank, on the other side of the camera. Thank you yep. for clarifying. Yeah. I, did, so, I thought this was a video library that you could access for no, $2,000 so you get the video library as Cause well. Because that, that would be pretentious. Yes. Yeah. But no, <laughs> no you, you get the video library after the, after the session's finished. Okay. But you're there one-on-one with the, or one and two or one sure. and three. With the person doing the workshop. So okay. you can go through, you can ask your questions, say, hey, I'm trying to do what you just said here. And How many hours do you get with them up. for your two grand a year? Um, I'm not too sure. I think there's like seven hours or like, I can't remember the exact details on how many workshops you get to go That's through. That's actually but, a good deal, Chris. But yeah, you, you get, you basically you're on the live workshop. Right. Um, is, so, so is there a, uh, is there just a video library we can access for a lower price? Um, there is not at the moment. Uh, we're still working out those details. Okay. Um, but first, I mean, we're, we're, you know, really focusing on making sure that the, the, the workshops that people do with the trainer are, are top notch. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah. based on that description, I'm thinking yeah. this is something that a certain set of customers demanded from you. Yeah. You know, it sure seems that way. Yeah. Right? There'd, be, yeah. there'd be certain customers that are buying a lot of licenses. I want access to your I, guys. I can uh, imagine, yeah. I can imagine it has to be done that way right now because, you know, a lot of the, you guys are uh, innovating so fast. A lot of the documentation has yet to be filled in, and yep. and uh, yeah. So, so, so I can imagine being frustrated with videos not being able to find the exact answer you need right away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's you know basically the same thing with you having you know asking me questions right. about Xamarin Forms. Yeah, yeah. We have a Xamarin Forms introduction workshop where people can ask these same questions and say, hey, you know, I'm. I understand this, but if I want to do this, can I do that? Right. And so we have people who are already um, doing training on, on that stuff, and you can go and ask your questions there okay. and see if it's a good business need as well. So you can do the introduction. You can ask your question and go, oh, maybe Xamarin Forms isn't what we wanted, or maybe it's one it's great what we have, but or maybe we need this extra thing, and you can ask those questions there. You also have a lot of sample apps, including the pre-built CRM app. Tell me about that. Yeah, so we, we have... Um, we put all the all the code up where we're sharing Xamarin Form projects up on GitHub, um, and we have a mobile CRM app. So when if you open up Xamarin Studio, it shows up as one of the options. And this is just a nice example showing how you can really take Xamarin Forms, and it's not just you know I'm adding a, a tab page here and this is how you can build real apps with it as well. 
Um, and so that takes advantage of the maps controls and, and the common controls on and shows you how you do the bindings as well. So it's a, yeah. it's a nice kind of, oh, this is an app that works on all these three platforms and works how it should do on these three platforms. It's sort of um, a reference app. Yep. Yeah. So you can, you can take that and you can go and dump in your own data that you want to share out and, and ship it if you like. So, uh, and Northwinds yeah. for phones. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, let's talk about licensing. Okay. Yeah. So what, how much does it cost for a developer to get started with Xamarin? So to get started with Xamarin Forms, um, you can't use the uh, starter edition. We have some limits on the starter edition, which has uh, size limits, and the assembly for Xamarin Forms takes you over that. Okay. So um, you can start off with a 30-day trial. Um, you can get a 90-day trial with the MSDN subscription as well. Uh -huh. um, and then you're going to start off, you can use in, either the Indie license, which starts off at uh, 299 per platform per um, per user and then you've got the business license which starts off at a thousand dollars per platform per user and then you have uh, our enterprise edition as well and you the business license is required to do Xamarin forms isn't it to it's, visual studio uh, it's only in visual studio you can still do everything within um within xamarin studio if okay. you wanted to um but yeah, for, for Visual Studio integration, it's the business edition. So it's going to be two grand, basically, for Visual Studio developers. That's correct, yeah. Okay. And is that a one-time fee? Uh, that's uh, per year. So you get updates all the way through that year. And then at the end of the year, um, you basically can either continue using that or pay another year and you get updates for the rest of the year as well. So, um, so you get all the improvements. So we're working now on you know iOS 8 APIs, so everyone who has a license for that year we'll get that whenever we do releases for that okay and uh you know um i thought about this quite a lot because uh i posted how much i was really impressed by xamarin forms on my facebook page somebody came right back with have you checked out the licenses they're pretty heavy and mm -hmm. my my initial thought was let me add up how much developer hour how many developer hours it would take to do this without xamarin forms yeah and, th and that's really what it comes down to um, is we, we see a lot of people, you know, this is quite pricey, and then you work out, well, if it's going to take me a week to do this without Xamarin at all, Yeah, that's pretty good going. Right. Um, but then you add in Xamarin Forms, which, you know, makes things much easier. You do in a Maybe day. Maybe you're worried that your billable hours are going to go down because you're spending, you know, less time actually developing on it. But the amount of time that you save, um, really for the cost of the tools, we, we see it as, as such a big benefit of having the tools. And you get that for them for the whole year. Right. Um, rather than, you know, if you just buy it once and then you do it for, you know, one customer and that's it. You can keep using that for different apps and different different platforms. Right. So. This is developer feed, not project feed. It's, right. Exactly. It's actually pretty, yeah. pretty good. Well, Chris, thanks very much. Hey, no problem. Thank you. It's great stuff. And I hope people uh, at least check it out and take advantage of it. Thank you. All right. XAML lives, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> XAML and C Sharp. XAML and C Sharp rocks. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com 
for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter van.